Welcome back to the My Online Schooling podcast, the place where we talk to staff and parents and pupils to find out more about life at the online school. Now, in this episode, we're talking to teacher and school counsellor Findlay Hedden. We're going to find out what it was about counselling children that brought him into this role, how his own background and experience of school shaped this, and what led him into the world of an online education with My Online Schooling. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you, so come with me now while we speak to Finley Hedden. Finley, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm glad to join you. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm just still finding my feet a little bit in terms of getting back into normal life. And I'm busy at this time of year, just busy getting ready for the rest of the year coming up, getting my appointments and my classes organized. So I'm busy, I'm really, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the thought of a kind of more normal year next year and mm-hmm. everything that that promises. And hmm. I'm, I'm ready to go, really. I'm feeling pretty motivated about next year. And my kids are back at school now, which is also an exciting development for me. So yeah, all good, thank you. Good. Good, good. Uh, I, I think the whole world is is desperately keen for like everything to get totally back to normal, and uh, and at some point we will be there, but w- but we're not quite there yet. But at some point we we will be there, and, and it'll be good. Now, Findlay, in this episode today, we're going to be talking about your role as school counsellor, and I'm I'm really keen to unpack that and find yeah. out more about what it is that you do and how it is that you help the children and the families uh, within the school community. But first of all, can you tell me a little bit about your own schooling experience? So where you went to school and what your experience of school was like, whether it was positive or negative or where it was that you went. How did you find it all? Sure. So I went to, I'm in Edinburgh and I went to school locally. So I went to Stuart's Melville College, which is an all boys school, kind of on the west side of the city, quite close to the centre. And to be honest, I had, I, I had a fantastic time at school. I mean, ups and downs like anybody else does. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I've got great friends from school. I've got a lot of um, happy memories of school, really. And I'm, I realise I'm lucky in that because I know I know a lot of the kids I work with don't have that experience. But for me, mm. uh, I really, really enjoyed school. I enjoyed, the sp- we had a lot of sports in my school, so I enjoyed that side of things. As I said, I had a lot of good friends. My brothers, were, my, big, my big brother was a couple of years ahead of me and I was friends with his friends as well. So to be honest, when I think back now to my school days, I really am it's almost overwhelmingly positive and uh, maybe one or two bad experiences but in general it was a it was a great experience I would say and then when you left school what, what was the first thing that you did so I left school oh wait 2000 and I then went to university in Glasgow to do a geography undergraduate uh, I really only did my geography undergraduate because that was I had no idea what I wanted to do and that was the mm-hmm. best result I got in higher and I enjoyed it so that's what I, I did and I went to Glasgow University and I had a, again I had a fantastic time at university I really I kind of to, I, when I think about it now I, I often kind of feel very nostalgic about it I miss it um, mm. so I did that for four years I did my undergrad and then once I'd left university uh, I decided I wanted to work with kids in some form so I, I did a variety of things to get experience in, in that and then I went and got my primary school qualification mm-hmm. and I taught very briefly. I taught primary school for a year um, or a couple of years. And when I was doing that, I realized that the aspect of working with children that I liked was the kind of pastoral supportive side. Uh, the kind of teaching maths and English wasn't for me as as, and as much as I think it's great when people do that. And it wasn't for me. So I decided I would pivot a little bit uh, mm-hmm. and I began my counselling training, which is a four-year course uh, to get my diploma was four years. It wasn't full-time, but that's what I did. So primary school teaching 
with a bit of a gap to get more experience in that kind of field of things, I went and did my counselling qualification. And while I was doing that qualification, I was working for the NHS. Uh, I worked okay. in the children's hospital in Edinburgh, the sick kids, and basically in a supportive role. It wasn't counselling, but it was supportive of families and kids, particularly the kids and families that were in long term. So that gave me a real feel for the, what I wanted to do in the future, which was counselling. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so then once I qualified, I work for my online schooling, I work in a, in a couple other schools, and I've got my own private practice. So I couldn't tell you the exact length of time I've been doing that, but a decent length of time now. And I really, really enjoy it. I find it very stimulating. I find it very interesting. And it's a very varied job in terms of the kind of people you're working with and the issues you're dealing with. So I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. So it's interesting then that you moved fairly early in your career then from you know what might be a traditional teaching kind of role into counselling tell me a little bit more about what it was inside you that encouraged you to take that step it was it was just a sense it was a fairly clear sense that the the thing that I was good at and the thing that I really enjoyed about teaching was getting alongside kids and supporting them if they had any challenges and uh, and that kind of relationship part of it the rapport you have with kids and I, mm. I, I mean I was I, I feel like I, I was a fairly good teacher I mean I could teach a good a decent lesson but I just realized when I was doing that it wasn't that wasn't the focus of what I really enjoyed and got the most out of and I don't mm. think it was the thing I was best at so I just was looking for a way I could develop that part of my career and counseling the more I read about various I'd, I'd read a bit of counseling stuff so to speak while while teaching and I just the more I looked into that the more interested I was in it and then when I pivoted to the NHS and worked there for a couple of years it just became clear that that's what I wanted to do and I, and I, I really enjoyed that and feel mm. like that's where my strength mm. was so it, it was quite natural and it just it was it was quite a strong sense of you know that's that's the direction I'd like to go in so mm. that's that's how it was. So now doing your counselling role within my online schooling tell me how a typical day might look from sort of early in the morning until you finish at the end of the day. Okay well again that's quite varied so I teach um, my set things that are at the same time every week is I teach my anxiety management classes Mm -hmm. so actually interestingly enough when I came on board with my online schooling it was the first time I'd gone back into kind of a teaching role which was interesting but I've actually really enjoyed it it was I think I think more because it's a it's a field I'm really interested in so I kind of Hmm. have enjoyed teaching it more um, but yeah, so that, so I do my my anxiety management classes on a, a Wednesday and a Thursday, and that's with uh, that's with a group usually about nine or ten kids that can vary, but nine or ten mm-hmm. young people, and and then on top of that, depending on and that can this can change depending on who is coming for counselling, who isn't. I'll have individual mm-hmm. counselling clients where I work one on one, and it's a bit like this. It's, I see them on the screen, they see me, and we do our counselling online. So that's how my day with my online schooling unfolds and then if anything else comes up I deal with it but the, the, the main thing is the two the four anxiety management classes and then any one-on-one counseling that I may have at the time that I do and mm. that's obviously at a set time but that differs depending mm. on who I'm working with mm. so mm. it's good because I get it's quite varied I've got counseling and I've got teaching which I quite enjoy and in what ways does um apart from the obvious in what ways does doing this in an online environment differ from doing this in a bricks and mortar environment well it's it's got its own challenges i mean in a bricks and mortar environment i have a lot of especially with younger kids you kind of use a lot of different resources so obviously if you're in a bricks and mortar situation which i have in my other counseling that i do outside my online schooling you have all Mm -hmm. your equipment and all your things that you need with you and the persons Mm -hmm. beside you so that obviously 
can make that in a way more straightforward. So I think with, with when doing it online, it just means I have to be a bit more creative and work out a way of which I can can do the same techniques, the same approaches, the same kind of creative approach that I, I use, but do it online, which is, it, it's, it's, it isn't impossible. And the more I've done it, the better I've got at it. But it just means it takes a bit more thinking outside the box to work out how I can engage the person on the screen in a way that you don't really need to think of if the person's right beside you. You've got both, you've got kind of the materials with them. So it just takes a bit more thinking, being a bit more creative, but it also opens up a different way of working. And sometimes if I'm working mm. with kids online, they're coming to me usually from their bedroom or somewhere like that. So so there's a there's an element of comfort there for them. Whereas mm. in my private mm. practice, I'm working in a, my own counseling room, which which obviously means that they've had to come out from their own environment into mine. So the online uh, aspect is, in that sense, the online aspect is really positive in that they can talk to me and engage in counselling, but they're doing it from a kind of safe place, which is their house or their room, wherever it is, without having mm. to come into kind of my formal counselling environment, which which can be a bit intimidating to start with. Mm. So I really like that aspect of of, um, of doing it online. So there's there's challenges and there's positives. So you just have to work with both of those in, in both environments, mm. really. That's really interesting because... Um understanding that there are benefits involved in being in the, in that online environment really does bring a new dimension to something like uh, counseling within a within a school situation now i imagine finley that most people listening to this right now might understand the importance of things like uh, anxiety management that you mentioned but let's imagine if somebody from the past maybe somebody from 50 years ago or 100 years ago was was brought forward in time to today and they could see what you were doing in a school environment. And they might say, well, why on earth do you need anxiety management? You've just invented something there that, that didn't exist in the first place. You've, you've created uh, an opportunity for someone to say, that's what I have, when it didn't actually exist in the first place. If somebody had a, a dare I say, it, a slightly old-fashioned view like that, what might you say to them? Well, I'd maybe start by saying 50 years ago, I would imagine. I obviously wasn't there, so I can't say. But I would imagine there was probably less anxiety in young people. But in the society we live at in now, anxiety just seems to be an issue that is growing and growing. So I'd say to someone 50 years ago, you know, there probably wasn't as much anxiety. Maybe there was, but I don't think there probably was. So mm. kids, kids now are surrounded with just a hugely anxious society, especially in the last couple of years with, with COVID. So even just their environment is more anxiety provoking. And I'd also say, the point of anxiety management really is to f enable the kids to enjoy their lives, uh, take part in all the activities, academic and otherwise, that they would like to. And anxiety is proving a big stumbling block for them. So mm -hmm. really what, what the goal of my work is to make myself redundant to the kid or the young person so that I can mm -hmm. I can leave them and they can stand on their own two feet. But but what. But the reality is what I'm seeing a lot of and at my online schooling and just in wider where in the wider environment I work in is just a real growth in anxiety in, in children and young people. And mm -hmm. for most children, and young people, they can that anxiety is not going to derail them too much. But for a significant minority of young people, that anxiety does become such a kind of stumbling block and a tricky issue in their life that they find mm -hmm. it really, really difficult to engage in school, social life, just all the things that make life worth living. And so so that's my role, really, is to try and provide a space, either in individual counselling or in my anxiety management classes, 
where can, they can learn the, the kind of skills, techniques, approaches that will enable them to kind of n- not necessarily get rid of their anxiety. That's, that's sometimes, that's usually what people really want, but sometimes it's not possible to get rid of it. But just mm-hmm. to enable them to live a life in which that anxiety doesn't dominate their life, mm-hmm. which it does for a lot of young people I work with. That anxiety is something they have when they wake up and something they have in the evening. So I would say to the person mm-hmm. from 50 years ago, I'd love it if I was redundant, if I, if, if the kids, if young people didn't need me. But the reality is, I see increasing uh, the increasing impact of anxiety on a lot of young people. Um, mm. So that's probably what I'd say. And I, I guess the obvious follow-up question is, in your opinion, what is it that's causing this anxiety in young people in the first place? Well, I, I've, a wide variety of things. I mean, I think in, in in the immediate present tense, COVID has a big part to play. Um, I mean, I know myself, my anxiety levels in the last couple of years have been way higher than they usually are. And I also know when I think back to myself, you were asking about my high school or schooling. Mm-hmm. When I was when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, your friends are kind of like are kind of your life. Uh, and so to be cut off from that for two years, I don't I, I don't know how they would how they even managed that really. So so at the present, as you speak to me now, the anxiety levels are very high around COVID, but also mm-hmm. a huge culprit is is the online world i mean the online world can give us great stuff like my online schooling great information lots of there's lots of really positive things things about online that people forget about but there's also Mm. a huge amount of negatives i I don't really need to spell it spell out for people because most people know but that kind of constant online presence for young people causes a huge amount of anxiety um Mm. the pressure at school I mean, maybe it was just me, but I don't remember when I was at school that the that pressure around exams was was huge. Maybe it was, and I don't remember it, but definitely I'm seeing a lot more people, children and young people who are feeling hugely pressurized by succeeding at school. And it, it usually isn't the schools. It, it, a lot of the time it's not the school that's doing it. It just seems to be kids are feeling a huge amount of pressure that they need to do really well at exams, which obviously... It's great if they do well at exams, but if it becomes to the point where they, they're so anxious, they, they find it very hard to function, that mm. could be a problem. So, mm. and I've just picked a couple of things there, but I think our world and our society now are just so complex that it creates a lot, a lot of anxiety. And then that's at a wider level, all the things you hear on the news uh, and in a day-to-day world. It's just a very complex anxiety-provoking world, I would say, compared to even, mm. I mean, you mentioned 50 mm. years ago, but even... 15 years ago, the, the, the mm. change has been quite dramatic, I think. And if I was a parent, and maybe if I'm a parent listening to this, and I'm thinking about my own child, uh, whether they're at my online schooling or somewhere else, and I'm and I'm wondering if they might be suffering from any kind of anxiety or, or any other kind of mental health issue, uh, what is a good way to bring this up, given the fact that with children of a certain age, uh, we, 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 we've all... We've all encountered children who who tend not to be that responsive. Let's put it that way. Uh, what is a good way for a parent to bring it up with their child in a way that that they don't get fobbed off very quickly? That's a tricky one. And and often, to be honest, often parents have the hardest time bringing it up with with young people just because the nature of the relationship. But sometimes I think if a parent can go through a school or go through some other trusted person that can maybe suggest it in a gentle way that can sometimes have more purchase with the young person than you just suggesting it making it collaborative is really important i I say this to all the parents i work with but Mm -hmm. if if the young person 
or the child or young person is just being brought to counselling, which in, which in, they are in general because that you're bringing them. But if they're just being brought to counselling without any kind of input themselves, it, it, it goes wrong quite badly and it doesn't usually work. So my, mm-hmm. my basic thing, and it might not be very helpful, is just to start small with very small kind of casual conversations. I sometimes feel like sitting down a kid on the couch and having mum and dad, whoever it is, like right in front of them going, I think you need to go to counselling. Mm-hmm. Isn't always the best approach, but maybe if you're driving in the car and you speak to the kid about, I've noticed you're maybe struggling with this. Do you think you'd like to speak to somebody? And often, if you mm-hmm. often if you talk about going to speak to somebody, that can be helpful because most kids, even if they don't want to speak to their parents, they're usually pretty open about wanting to speak, uh, speaking to somebody who might help them. And I, I find most kids who who genuinely have difficulties are really eager to try and find a way to move through them. So I think if you just take it slowly and gently and, and do it in a way that's collaborative, that can make a big difference rather than kind of the old fashioned way of you're going to counselling, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'd say slowly, gently and collaboratively. Now, of course, to be in a position where you're able to help others, you need to be able to look after yourself as well. How do you go about your own well-being and your own mental health on a day to day basis? Well, I have to say it's been tricky in the last couple of years. As I said, I found it. I found the last couple of years very anxiety provoking. But. Um, I'm I'm busy. I'm I'm really busy with work and with my children, which sometimes I find stressful. But I also find just having things to do every day, uh, having places you have to be and places you have to go, is quite good for my mental health. And I often say to the young people, having a having a structure, even if it's not a, a really formal structure, but having a structure for your day, things you have to do and things you places you need to go, can really help with anxiety because anxiety really thrives in a vacuum, so to speak. So if you're if you're waking up at eight or nine, or mind you, if it's teenagers, say 12, and you've got nothing on the whole day, anxiety, that's a really, uh, that's a space that anxiety will really thrive in. So one of the things, really simple things I say to people that I do myself is just have kind of, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be super concrete, it doesn't have to be super strict, don't beat yourself up if you don't, if you have to change things, but just having things you need to do and, and be and a structure to your day can really help so that that helps me even even for example for me it's just a case of i drop my kids off at school at this time i have an appointment or a class at this time and so just having things in the in the day that i need to be at helps me kind of stay mm. focused and not not brood which i which everybody can do um hmm. one of the things that i try and do and is and it's a people kind of forget it sometimes sometimes people want a very kind of complicated um way to deal with our anxiety but one of the really important things and i try and do this in my own life is is making sure you're sleeping enough making sure you're eating a good enough diet making sure you're you're exercising your life and to be and and sometimes those three things can be the can be the difference if if those three three things are not present that can be the source of a lot of anxiety so even just Mm -hmm. beginning to implement okay at 12 o'clock today at lunchtime today i'm going to go out for a half hour walk um I'm going to make sure I don't eat too much junk. I, I'm going to go to bed at even 11 o'clock at night to get mm. in a get your body in a routine, get mm-hmm. your body in a pattern. Because because what your body does not like and what your mind does not like is fluctuations all the time. Today you go mm. to bed at 10 o'clock at na- night. Tomorrow you go to bed at four in the morning. Your brain can't get track with that. So one of the simplest steps we can do in any mental health situation is taking a step back and going: Am I sleeping enough? Am I exercising enough? 
am I eating well enough? So mm. those three mm. things I've tried, I've not always achieved them during lockdown, but I've tried to do actually with the exercise one, I've tried to do more of it in lockdown just to keep myself uh, going. So th those are the very basic things I'd start with is sleep, diet, exercise, which I know sounds mm. obvious and people kind of freak, don't even think about them because people talk about it all the time, but it is really that important uh, in terms of your mental health as well as your physical health. Well, I, I, I yeah. think we always need a reminder of these kinds of things. And, and that's been a very useful reminder there. And it's three, you know, instantly three things there that all of us listening to this right now are able to take a look at ourselves. We can all look at how much sleep we're getting. We can all look at our diet. We can all look at the amount of exercise that we're doing just to make sure that all three of those are in balance. Um, Finn, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but if anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch, what's the best way for them to connect with My Online Schooling? The best way to connect with My Online Schooling is through the website. Uh, it's a great website. So if that's to begin to come to take classes or for counselling, the best way to do it is just to go on the My Online School website and it'll be pretty straightforward. You can find it's, it's a good it's a good website and so you can navigate through it pretty well. So I'd say that's the best place to go is with My Online Schooling and that, that'll tell you where you need to go next depending on what you're what you're after awesome that's great well at Finley thank you so much for your time thank you for being here today and talking to us uh, about about school counseling about mental health uh, about anxiety management and about those three things that we can take away I really appreciate your time and thank you for being here thank you no thank you so that was Findlay Hedden talking about how counselling children works in an online environment. A big thank you to him for coming on to this episode of the podcast. If you have any questions at all regarding anything he said, just visit the website online. You can find this by searching My Online Schooling. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.